Hey everybody, you're listening to the second greatest running podcast in the world, Whereabouts Failure, brought to you by P2E Studios. Or for runners that are just trying to enter the witness program, protection program, I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I'm joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere off the coast. Oh, no nope. longer off nope. the coast of Connecticut. He is back in Massachusetts. I got to rework this intro. Mike, how you doing? We've been teasing it for a while, Steven. It is official. F Connecticut. I'm done with it. I'm back in the great state of Massachusetts. You heard that, Trent, the great state of Massachusetts. Not New Hampshire, not Connecticut, not any of these other garbage states. We're back in Massachusetts. The move has finally happened. Well, I physically have moved. I don't think I've unpacked, like, more than two or three boxes. So our house is just piled up with crap. And my wife was just giving me a hard time. She's like, I wish I went with you and packed because I don't know where anything is. And, you know, every box that you open is just kind of a, a surprise. So you're like, hey, that's the, hey, did the stuff get here? Did the that, stuff get Steve, here? That is exactly what I said. I said, listen, the stuff is in this house. I don't know where it is. I don't know what box it is, but I moved it from Connecticut to Massachusetts. It's here. So what more do you want from me? And it's like, you know, every you, you get up in the morning, you need to get dressed for for, for your day or whatever. And it's like a surprise. You open a box and it's like, you don't know what you're going to find. So it's, it's like it's Christmas beautiful. every morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I would say, and as always at the house of Meg, we got Trent Fontanelle, but Trent is not here. And at this point, like, it's not funny anymore. Like, it's not a joke. People, yeah, like, like people are getting tired of this. They're bit. getting sick of this bit, but it's Trent is on vacation again. And we joked several years ago at the beginning of this podcast that Trent is actually an eccentric billionaire and he has all this money and he just pretends to live a normal lifestyle because that's the way he chooses to live and i'm starting to i'm actually starting to believe it because this the fact that he can be in jamaica next month and he can be in spain running with the bulls the 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 following month it it just like it just doesn't make sense to me i mean steve have you been to his house in idaho i haven't and i'm assuming i'm assuming it's it's some it's some gorgeous estate on the mountain overlooking Jackson hole. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't know what it looks like. I haven't been there and they play it up. Like they live like these, these mountain men and they live in the wilderness in the middle of nowhere for all we know. It's yeah. Some mansion that it, I don't even know if they're in Idaho, they could be in California and like, you know, Hollywood Hills or something like that. You know that, you know, the house in, um, in dumb and dumber, where uh where like mary lives yeah. like that, yeah. that beautiful house on the mountain and snowy mountain that's what i'm envisioning like where where trent is living right now i, I think it's i think it's quite possible yeah so um anyway so trent is off r- literally running with the bulls in spain so hopefully he'll have some good stories for us when he comes back so if that's you know if that if that comes out of it where we get some good running with the bull story then i guess it's worth it but geez this vacation thing is out of control i i am very much looking forward to the running with the bulls content i I, there's there has to be some good stories that come out of that and i i'm i'm very much uh sitting back awaiting waiting for those stories 
And we're over here. We're uh, we're prepping for World Championships in Eugene, Oregon. So that's coming up. We have a we officially have another two for the money episode. We we got DraftKings up on our up on our phones right now. We're scrolling through the odds. Lines are up for this for this track meet, which is unbelievable. We got it for the Olympics, and now we have it for Worlds. So it's like baby steps for this, uh, for, for gambling in the, on track and field, and it's just going to keep growing. So, you know, next thing, you know, maybe we'll have diamond league meets and then we'll have, you know, maybe one day we'll even have college track and field up on, on DraftKings for, uh, oh boy. to gamble on, which is, uh, you know, this, this is, this is the beginning of great things for, for, for this sport. Um, but before we get into that, I got a couple things I want to touch on a couple things I want to get into first is, Mike, uh, I just want to do a quick uh, indie check-in. How's the how's the marathon training coming? I would say the uh, the move has not been kind to to the, the the progress I had made. I was starting to get into a nice little rhythm. Now I will say, this weekend slash week, we've started to get back into rhythm, and that's all it is, right? Marathon training is it's about finding your rhythm. It's about consistency. And uh, I'm I'm starting to to regroup my consistency. So I will say, I had uh, you know the the ever famous surprise long run on Friday. So I'm uh, you know <clears throat> I'm a survivor. I'm I'm coming back from my second bout with the uh, the big COVID, and Steve's scratching his back with a back scratcher right now. <laughs> Think of that. It's awesome. That that Family Guy episode back scratch. I don't know if you know, but so it made me think of. Uh, so yeah, I'm surviving my uh, my second bout with COVID here, and so Friday was like the first day I was you know um, ready to get back out. Let's get back on the horse. But I, my first run back, and I decided you know I'm just gonna go out and do a, a quick run, a couple miles, maybe a three or four mile run. And I'm still getting to know all the running loops around here. And there's a bike path that goes right out by my house and goes into some trails. So I went and explored the trails a little bit. My three or four mile run turned into, you know, an 11 mile run very quickly. I found myself in like two towns over. And cause, well, so, so is this a mistaken long run? That's what I'm saying. Surprise long run. Okay. It, it, Steve, it wasn't, I'm not talking about like, a, oh, I feel so good. I'm just going to keep going crush. I'm talking about. That's what I thought you were talking so about. It was a humid day, super hot and humid. And I'm in these trails and I think I'm on the right path because I've done these trails once or twice before. I think I'm on the right path and I'm getting eaten alive by bugs. But I keep saying to myself like, oh, I know the it, it pops out coming up here. Like it, it's coming up soon. The left turn is coming up soon. The left turn never came. I was on the wrong trail. But at that point, I'm like too deep into it. Where it's like, well, I don't want to turn around because I'm already getting destroyed by bugs. I know how far back I have to go. The exit has to be somewhere out here. The exit was nowhere. I mean, I was in these trails. I was I was at like a breaking point in these trails, Steve. I was sweating and like the, bug, the bugs were terrible. I was just covered in bugs. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to get stuck out in these woods. I have no idea where the hell I am. And I can't stop running. I was running probably the fastest I've run in months because I just wanted so badly to get out of these woods. So anyways, long story short, I finally pop out like two towns over in the town center. I knew where I was, but I also knew I had a long way home. So it it, it sucked. It sucked. But, you know, I got a nice little surprise uh, long run in there. And that was a a good way to kick myself in the butt. 
running in the woods in Massachusetts and New England this time of year is the worst. Like you can like you can feel the swarm of bugs behind your head. You're just you have to you have to like you have to go, you know, you have to maintain like a 630 pace, 640 pace, stay one step ahead of the bug. It's the worst feeling in the world. I I swear to God, I don't even know how this is possible. There was one bug that just would fly as fast as it could into my head, come back out and just fly back into my head. And I don't know how it stayed pace with me. I don't know. I mean, I know it seems impossible. It was the same bug. I swear to God, it just kept smashing me in the head over and over and over again. I'm like, how is this enjoyable for you? It's obviously not enjoyable for me. It, it was miserable. I, yeah, it was miserable. So, you know, I, I, for, for my, for my indie training, I, you know, everything I do and say, I got to knock on wood because I'm one injury away from this, this freight train completely falling apart and i know that i'm walking a is a tightrope from here to november 5th i am walking a tightrope back and it's just it's terrifying because i could fall off i could get injured and it could be all over but three four months ago the goal was just to keep pace with you guys and beat you in the last 10k and so the goal i i, I thought if i could run 310 315 i could make that happen i'd say about two months ago you know, I was looking at, you know, where a Boston qualifier is going to be for me at my age, and it will be about 306, 305. And so I said, that became the new goal. The training has been going so well. My new goal is officially a sub three marathon. Oh, damn. I, if, if I, I, I am, I'm feeling good. This has been the first time, and I'd say about eight years when it, it's humid, it's gross. It's the middle of the day and you're just like every single day I'm putting on those shoes and I'm embracing it. Like it's a Rocky montage and I'm getting out there and saying, we're doing six, seven, eight miles today in this disgusting humidity. And I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna think about crossing that finish line every step of the way. And I'm doing it day in, day out, Mike from, uh, from post Ireland. So that was last August. Last time I went on a vacation um, from last August. <laughs> Holy shit. That was last August. Oh, my God. How, how many pounds do you think I'm down? I mean, we're, so we're talking directly after the trip. I'm sure, directly I'm, sure, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you got off that plane. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> um, let's say a hot. 16 pounds I'm down 20 pounds of this morning oh and i got baby. another 10 to go it's it's coming off i'm staying like things are going good things are going good I'm, I'm doing i'm taking care of myself i literally just got back from a yoga class i'm i'm I, you know things are going smoothly now i know tomorrow it could all fall apart, fall apart but the trajectory is you and trent don't stand a chance so if I mean, you're facing I, a future right now, I'm I'm probably a, a minus three fifty favorite. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going sub three, if if you genuinely go sub three, I would say that's a that's an easy win. That, and my, my, that's an I'm easy getting, one. I'm getting. I have. I have. I have like four months of really really hard training ahead of me. But if I'm able to do this, and I feel like I've accomplished a lot in this sport. From where I was at a year ago, if I'm able to get sub three, it might be one of the greatest running accomplishments I've ever had in my life. So yeah. I'm just keeping that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. 
I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's where we're at. Things are things are going good right now. Things are going I would good. say I would say as of right now, I am willing to say where things stand. Me and Trent do, do not stand a chance. However, there is a long time between now and race day. Yeah, there's no, a long, a right. lot can change. There's a lot a of lot. hard miles ahead of me. There's a lot of hard miles ahead of there's me. There's a lot there, there's a lot of hard miles ahead of you. There's a lot of health to maintain. There's also like other factors too. Like, let's say a uh, change in mindset and mentality hits Trent Fontanella, right, and he yes. goes absolutely ballistic in a three month, right. He comes back from vacation like you did from Ireland and just goes absolutely bananas. And the next three or four months that changes things too. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, like oh, yeah. clearly right now you're winning the mindset mentality and the physical game. Like you right now you are far and away, but there's time for things to change. Trent, they, Trent, just, Trent just don't, just don't get comfortable. Trent by definition is a wild card. He is by definition. The guy is the most, Wild card of wild cards I know in my life. And he could, you're right. He could, he could, he could snap. I mean, to be snap. honest, Steve, I wouldn't rule out the fact that he's training his ass off right now. And we don't even know. I wouldn't yes. rule it out. Well, it's kind of hard when you're, you know, sipping that cloud is on, on sure. a beach in Jamaica, uh, you know, or Jamaican me crazies on a beach in Jamaica. <laughs> and then you're out getting, you know, you know, mauled by a, by a bull in Spain. So like, I, I you know, I feel good right now, but he could be listening to this right now. And he could be like, you know, he could be coming back to, to Idaho with, you know, the picture of me in the mirror, like Rocky looking at the picture of Drago and just crumpling it up and going into, you know, I'm going to, you know, train in the Siberia or, you know, the, the Russian, uh, you know, snow, you know, stove driven Mountain. Russia for the mountains for the next, for the next three months and destroy Steve that could possibly happen. So I'm not ruling that out, but things are good to so checking in. We got 111 days left. Things are good. So Plenty of time. 111 um, days. 111. Be- before Five. we, before we, we are running podcast. So before we dive into two for the money and uh, I just will say that I ran, I ran a two mile out in, Trumpsford, Massachusetts on the 4th of July. It was awesome. John Carson road race. Anybody who's from around here knows the John Carson road race, big, big 4th of July race. Um, did better than expected. I'm happy with the time I ran, but, uh, I was, uh, it was a really hot and humid day. I was chugging up. There's a little bit of a hill going up to mile one, and then it flattens out kind of into the finish of the small hill at the end there. But, uh, there's a water stop at mile one and I'm coming across the water stop and I was going to take a cup and just kind of dump it over my head. And who hands me a cup, but Irish Mickey Ward hands me a cup of water, baby, the great boxer, Irish Mickey Ward hands me a cup. I dump it on my head and I was like, that's all the motivation I needed. Yeah. I turned to him. I I said, pride a little baby. And he's like, thank you very much. And I just, I did a pickup and I maintained my pace in the finish line. So if like, you know, if there was one thing that was going to get me going in that race, it was seeing the you know, the, the fighter out there on the course. That's unbelievable. I mean, the fact that he's just like out and about and roaming and doing his thing and that you could just happen to run into him at the Johnny Carson two miles. I love it. You know, he's a guy that he he's like, he's a guy that appreciates a battle no matter what the sport is. So there's a, there's a bike path out here 
that goes from Lowell to Chelmsford, if you're familiar with the area. Um, and, uh, you know, on a really hot day, cause it's got a lot of shade coverage. I'll just go out there. If I have to do a longish run or I had to do a tough run, I'll go out there and, uh, you know, cause it's, it's plenty of shade coverage and, you know, I'm all, I run out there pretty often. I do workouts out there, but only if the temperature is ever over 90 degrees, I see him out there every single time. He's a guy that just loves the suck. If it's 90 degrees out, he's like, I'm going on the bike path and I'm torturing myself today. And that's just the type of guy he is. I like to think, you know, they made a, a Mark Wahlberg Hollywood movie about this guy. And I like to think that that didn't change him even, you know, in the slightest. He's still the same old wacko who was, you know, fighting people back in, you know, the 80s and 90s. So got to love it. Yeah. Who, uh, who, who, who took the dub in the Johnny Carson? Usually you well, get some pretty fast times, right? You get, yeah, so, uh, get so, um, here, I got to pull it up because, you know, this is, this is going to go off the rails a little bit, but there's a guy that's in Lowell right now, or he's in the area that is a former. T- oh, okay. Sorry. So there's a guy that's in Lowell right now. He, he just, he recently moved to the area, um, and there's some controversy around because he's been running with the local running club, Greater Lowell Roadrunners, and he's a former 208 marathoner. I think he finished second at the at the Boston Marathon like 10 years ago, but he um, he got popped for drug charges like eight years ago, and yes. that kind of ended his running career. So he's been in the area. He's been running for Greater Lowell, and so there's been – a little bit of controversy. What's his name here? Let me, I got to look this up now. I love it. Yeah. But he, he <laughs> I saw him and I can't wait to meet the guy. Like I, I want to meet the guy. I want to go for a run with him. Um, like I'm not a member. I'm not a member of uh, the greater little road runners, but there was a, uh, there was like a post, like what kind of message does this send to the club that we're letting a guy, um, we're letting oh, a guy. Boo. And I, and I made the, I made a post. I was like, cause I, I'm, I'm part of the group on Facebook, but I'm, I'm not part of the club, but I was just like, listen, this, this suspension pretty much ended his career. Um, and he served a suspension, his career's over because of it. You know, like, I feel like we could learn a lot from a guy like that. All right. So let me, I, I'm going to do my best to, to pronounce his name. So he's 44 years old, Abdel Rahim Bor. Borumdan, um, mm-hmm. I, I believe so. I, he 208 marathon, or he finished second at Boston, um, probably a decade ago. But um, so yeah, so that's that's been the big controversy. But he's he's in the he's in the area now, and he's just gonna. I love it. He's just like, you know, witness protection program, move to a new region, and just <laughs> and just become the local hero and tear up every single road race that's out there. So. And like to your point, Steve, it, you know, there's a handful of running clubs in the area, but at the end of the day, it's like there's a, the Lowell in that area has a great running community and having a, a story like that in the community, somebody that you can, like you said, learn from, talk to about stories, ask questions. If you get comfortable enough to talk about that something like what a cool, I mean, it's part of the sport, right? And to have somebody who literally has, the story to go along with it i think that's a you know whatever people gotta get the poopy out of their pants and yeah. and enjoy the ride 
I mean, I, I want to meet this guy. I, I, I would love to have him on the pod. Maybe we can do something. Um, we can do something in person. Okay, here I got him right here. So he, he went. He is. He competed for Morocco in the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Um, he competed in the 2011 World Championships in Daegu, South Korea. Um, when did he do, when did he do well in Boston Marathon? Uh, but I think he did. I think he 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 was on the podium Boston Marathon one year. Um, he was the runner up in 2008 in Boston. So this guy. This guy's got stories, man. Um, so, you know, it, I think we've been, unfortunately, we've been kind of, we've been the one voice in the, in the running world that kind of gives a little bit, some defense. We're not defending drug users, right? But we, we kind of, we no. kind of, we kind of put the, the system on the spot. And that's our thing. Like, we're not ready to ruin careers. But somebody that has served a suspension, their career has ended. I would kind of like to get into the psyche a little bit because, you know, in no way are we ever condoning this, but if you're faced with the decision, like, you know, I could make serious money off of this sport or not. And it all comes down to taking the strike. Like, again, not saying it's right, but I would like to kind of hear that story a little bit. So maybe we'll get them on. I would, I would love that. You got to cozy up to him before we have him on a podcast. We start asking him about all his drugs use. But if I'll, there's anybody who can do it, Steve, I, I think you're up to the challenge. I'll get there. I'll get there, especially now that I'm mixing it up on the roads a little bit more. I'm getting back in the running community. I'll get there. I'll get there. So right. we'll, we'll, be, we'll be best buds soon enough. So, All right. I'm antsy. Let's talk gambling. All right, baby. Two for the money, baby. Just so you know, like out of all like the the creative names, the creative nicknames, puns that we've come up with, I this is my favorite one. Is two for the money, and I don't think it's, people. Know, it's it's probably underappreciated. Oh, it's very underappreciated. Nobody knows what I'm talking about when I say two for the money. But two for the money was that um it was the it was the movie with um uh Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, and um and De Niro, right? I think so. Yeah. And uh, look that up. Am I? Am I? Am... But anyways, it's the gambling movie that's based off of if if anybody follows Barstool Sports, Stu Finer's life as a professional gambler. Um, and it was T W O for the money. This is T O O for the money. So my favorite, you know, this is my favorite, you know, named sec- segment of all time. So Pacino, um, not De Niro. Oh, but Pacino, I mean, like, that, I mean, Pacino, De Niro. It's, it's all the okay. same. And so we got some lines up on, so we're going to be going off of DraftKings. DraftKings doesn't have the 10K, 5K up. And to be honest, Mike, I'm not sure if they're going to put it up. I hope they do. Um, But I guess we'll find out probably tomorrow morning if those are going to go up. But we pretty much got got the glory events up. Yeah, we got everything up to the 1500. Um, So we're going to kind of go through, we're going to, you know, not go, maybe not go through every single event, but we're going to pull some of the, some of the um, odds that are up right now that kind of catch our eye, maybe uh, where we see some opportunity, maybe events to stay away from. So is there any place that you want to start? I, I have a place, I, I have somewhere where I think we should start, but if there's some, if there's a burning place where you want to start, let me know. Not burning. I was just going to go, I was just going to scroll my phone and tell you the ones I like, but if you have a burning, if you have yeah, a place yeah. you want to start, let's do that. 
I want to start somewhere and this isn't necessarily pick, but when we got on the microphone last summer and we were screaming to anybody that would listen to us that Ryan Krauser minus 300 was free mm-hmm. money. You needed to lay a little bit down to make some money. But if, if you like money, then Ryan Krauser minus 300, I was like, that is the most outrageous odds on the board, even though it's negative odds. It is the most outrageous odds on the board. He is a guaranteed win. Put down money. It's free money. Listen to us. And, you know, going through these odds, he's minus 1,000. That's where he belongs. If not, if not, if not lower, if not closer to minus 2,000, he's minus 1,000. So in order to win 100, you got to put down $1,000. So, you know, again, it's, it's free money. It's probably free money, but Ryan Krauser's where he belongs. You should have listened to us last summer. I yeah. I put down a good chunk of change. One the chunk of change was actually the only big win I had last summer. <laughs> yeah. um, but Ryan Krauser at a thousands, where he belongs, um, unless you're willing to put down significant money to win a little bit of money, men's shot put, there is no value here. Stay as far away as you possibly can. 100%. Yeah, I'm not even going to look at that, pay attention to that. Because here, here's the thing, right? You're going to win. If you want to like put a ton of money on it and try and win money you're going to win it's just not worth like at some point the juice is not worth the squeeze you're going to put a ton of money and let's say something crazy happens Ryan Krauser and it's sports crazy things happen at that at minus a thousand you got to stay away from that but to your point I mean it just it, it is a reminder of like if you didn't take advantage of the Olympics, you are crazy. And we, we, we made it very clear. Like we, we told everybody, like I said, told everyone who wouldn't listen that that's where you needed to be. So yeah, shop put is stay far away. All right. What, so what, what, what do you, where do you, what do you got? You want to scroll? Through? Uh, well, r- random one that I wanted to talk about here, Steve H- men's high jump. Um, everyone remembers like the crazy jump off in the Olympics between uh, the Italian guy and the guy from Qatar or Qatar, or however you say that. Neither of them are the favorite. Um, I'm looking here at the guy from uh, Italy, the uh, Gianmarco. Yeah, yeah Gianmarco Tam- Tambury. Yeah. Plus 650. I mean, I don't know how you don't. He's the co gold medalist, and the guy he tied with is plus 150 with the second best odds. So, I mean, if you're just looking for a little bit of juice to try and, you know, get a, a big winner, six and a half to one odds on the guy who is the reigning gold, you know, medal winner. And like, I know he had kind of a huge day and it was a big story and everything like that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be sprinkling a little bit because you don't have to put that much down to, to make a little bit of money. And anytime that you can get six and a half, one to one odds on a gold medalist. I'm taking that. I like that. So I, I agree with you halfway. The fact that we're able to get plus odds on the reigning champ is there's a lot of value here, but I got to go with my guy, uh, Mutez Essa Barshim, the, the yep. co-gold medalist, even though it's only plus 150. I think that he's, uh, I think he's the better bet here. Um, he's the reigning gold medalist, and I believe he's the reigning world champion the year before that. Um, and you know, he's not the favorite. The favorite is 
I'm not even going to pronounce the guy from Korea, Wu. Um, But I feel like the high jump is one of those, it's one of those events where experience and um, especially experience in that moment, in that high pressure moment uh, counts because you go through all the rounds, your form has to be perfect. So I'm going with I'm going with the experience. I'm going with the guy that's been here before. I'm I'm gonna go the plus one fifty on Barsham. And um he was after after he won the gold, he was an electric personality. So uh, oh, I, yes. I, I I mean they both were, but especially Barsham. So I'm going I'm going the I'm going with the second favorite on there. I'm going with Barsham for one fifty on that. I'm gonna put yeah, you know, it, and I'm not going big enough to enough to care about it. I'll put a, I'll put a medium sized bet on it. Yep, and, and that's definitely the safer bet, I think. Um, you know, there's a reason why he's plus 150, but to me, I think he should be have better odds, but I'm just, like, value searching here, and I think he should have better odds, but should he have six times the odds that uh, my guy Gio- Giovanni has? I don't know, right? Like, plus 650 value hunting, even though I think uh, my guy from Cutter has a better chance of winning. I'm I'm searching for value, uh, and another place that I'm searching for value, Steve. Men's hundred meters. This oh, one's. Oh yeah, this is. So, this one's so, interesting. So the, I I have my I have. There's my, a lot of value to be. I having. have my picks where I'm I'm laying some big time odds, but I'm having I have there's my events where I'm where I'm value hunting, and I think I think we're gonna have a be an agreement here of like where we see the value. But go ahead. I mean. I, I see a ton of value. I mean, I think there's obviously one place that we could go where we see value, right? Former world champion Christian Coleman, our guy who somehow has become our guy at plus 650. Um, Bromel plus 400 feels like a lot of value. Another guy too, though, uh, Degrassi out of oh, yeah. Canada. He's not like... Um, He's just a consistent medalist. I feel like he's always bronze, always right there, always in the mix, never has a bad day. He's not like a, um, you know, he doesn't win a lot of gold, but it just feels like he's always in the mix. And in the 100, I just feel like it could it could happen. I like a veteran. I like a guy who's always in the mix. So I'm kind of torn. I'm like, I could go a bunch of different ways on this. But I kind of like Degrassi at plus seven hundred. I, I kind of feel like that's where I'm leaning. Me too. And you know, I I I agree that Fred Curley should be the favorite in this. Like I I don't disagree 100%. with how the odds are set. But if 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 we've seen anything over the past couple of years in the hundred meters, that on race day, you know, it's not like it's been in the past. You know, it, it's kind of up for grabs. Like it's it's so close. It's such a bang bang event where why not take a chance on some, some, some plus money here? So I think for me, for me, the gameplay is you sprinkle a little on Degrassi at plus 700, but then you also sprinkle a little bit on our guy, Christian Coleman at plus 650. And, you know, not a lot, a little, and if either one of those guys wins then you get a nice little, get a nice little hit there. So I'm in a complete agreement with you. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Yeah. Look, Curly's the favorite, but it just, Minus 165, and the next guy is plus 350. That feels like way too big of a favorite. I just, I can't, I can't. It's not like um, Krauser where it's like an auto win, 
like this there's still a lot of risk on that one so where are we looking next steve so i I, let's let's go to another place where we are both going to be in agreement okay i think i know where you're going men's 110 hurdles so no okay not where i thought you were going hold on let me pull this up here okay gotcha yep okay yeah we're obviously and so now (laughs) our guy Devin Allen. So let's, so, so the odds right now, Grant Holloway minus 200. So you, you essentially for every $2 you bet on that, you can win a, you can win, you can win a dollar. So if you bet 200 on Grant Holloway to win, you can win a hundred. And then number two is Devin Allen at plus 225. So for every hundred dollars you bet on Devin Allen, you're going to win 225. So a significant odd boost going from one to two. We've learned we've learned some information about because Devin Allen did not have a good U.S. championships. He barely made it to Worlds. He finished third. Um, but we've learned some information since that race, and we learned that um, his father passed away like mm-hmm. very very shortly before that race. So, you know the the one ten hurdles is, and we talked about it after he ran his. Um, his unbelievable time it's his third best time in the history of the history of the event um, just not too long ago where this is an event where you got to be loose you got to be ready to go you got to get off the blocks you got to be smooth over the hurdles and if there's anything off it's gonna it's gonna completely throw your your rhythm off out there Um, so his rhythm was was thrown off in that race and he still finds a way to get there Um, but you know with the times he's run this year at plus 225, I don't know how you can't take Devin Allen. And uh, uh, something that I think we haven't talked about, on the, we definitely haven't talked about on the podcast yet. I kind of got into it on Twitter with, uh, with Grant Allen, uh, uh, with, with Grant Holloway the other day, Mike. Did I tell you about this? No. <laughs> so he was in, he was commenting on uh so noah lyles was and our guy noah Lyles. we talked about how much we loved like his cockiness his his race and world championship and um grant holloway was in his in his comments saying that it was disrespectful and uh oh give me a break i kind of went at him and i was like coming from grant holloway isn't isn't yeah. Grant kind of a showboat himself like, like i was like i was like grant like chill dude like have you like you know, have you ever seen any other sport? Have you ever seen an, 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 a game in the NBA? Have you ever seen an NFL? Like, have you ever seen any of these other sports? Like what, what Noah Lyles did was, was funny. It was entertaining, but it was mild to every other professional sport in the world. And so I was like pretty much telling him to chill. Um, so I think after that, I, I just, I, I don't know if I can bring myself to bet on Grant. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it might have been a little disrespectful, but that's what like that was the intent. Like yeah. he just dominated a race, ran it perfectly, came back down the home stretch, and was kind of trying to be disrespectful. Like that's kind of what taunting is, right? Taunting is inherently disrespectful. Yes, um, and and like I said, Grant Holloway has showboated a little bit in, in in his time. I've seen him celebrate winning a race. He's a not necessarily a uh, one who shies away from being eccentric and you know um, a little bit boisterous. So I was surprised to hear that, and unfortunately, I missed that whole thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no way I I'm not betting on. There's no way I'm not betting on Devin Allen. 
even yeah. even if I didn't believe in it, like the, there's gonna be picks in here where I'm gonna go with my heart against my head and i'm not saying that this is a bad pick and a smart pick but there was no matter what i was the odds were i was going to formulate a way to make an argument for why i should bet on Devin allen and i'm going to because that's what you do sometimes when you're watching the patriots games even if you don't believe that max jones is gonna throw over three and a half touchdowns you're gonna hit it because you know that's uh that's what you do that's what betting with your heart does does to you sometimes and that's what I'm going to do with Devin Allen. Even though I think Grant Holloway is probably going to win, I'm going to bet on Devin Allen. I love it. I love it. Um, before we jump to any of the, the next events, I, I just want to make it – before I forget, I want to make a comment on an event that's not posted that I'm pretty sure will get posted, which is the women's 400 hurdles. And, Mike, mark my words. It, it's in there. It's is it? in there. Where yeah. is it? it's let's see it's pretty it's it's closer to the bottom yeah i'm looking at it right now okay before i look at it don't tell me the odds if yeah. if sydney mclaughlin is anywhere close to minus 500 if she's under minus 500 to win i'm gonna put a thousand dollars on it okay she's nowhere near minus 500 to win let's see minus 1600 yeah, which See, is that, that, like, again that, where it should be. I just want to throw that out there. Like, if she was, I mean, I was hoping, I was hoping that this would be the the Ryan Krauser of 2022 World yeah. Championships. But again, like, you know, that's. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it is weird seeing uh, Dalia Muhammad at plus 900, though. I must it, say, but that's dumb. I know, I know. It, it's throwing bait, it's right? Even if you put five dollars on that, if you put five on, if you put five dollars to win four fifty on that, it's 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 taking five hundred dollars and it is it is lighting it on fire. It's taking five dollars yeah. and lighting. I it know, on fire. I know, but it's bait, right? Like it's like, oh, I I recognize that name, Dalia Muhammad, like former gold medalist, former world record holder, plus nine hundred. Like, how could I not take that up? But you're right. It, there, it, it's nobody's beating her. Minus sixteen hundred again. The same kind of thing we said about Krauser. It, that's that's a little too rich for my blood. So I think again, you got to stay away from the four hundred hurdles. You have to. You have no choice. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. What what what, any, what do you got next, Mike? Anything jumping out at you here? Oh, well, I guess we have to talk about the elephant in the room here. Um, let's talk men's eight hundred. Oh, men's eight hundred. Yes, yeah, oh, there's a line. There, there's a line here that puts me in a pretzel. And, well, and again, let's it, talk it, it. It, let's, it, let's, it's let's, putting let's, you in a pretzel, but I think we 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 uh we broke that we smashed that pretzel to smithereens on the last on our last episode. Yeah, I was gonna say we need to talk about the elephant in the room where Mike had a few drinks and Mike <laughs> said things that he that he, that he doesn't regret. Okay, I stand by everything I said. I might have come off a bit strong. Um, and now I'm in this weird position where I'm looking at Donovan Brazier at plus 800, which feels like I, I'm just telling you, if I didn't say those things last week, I'd be sitting here pounding my fist saying everybody in the world needs to take this bet and we need to put all of our money on this. And this is the greatest line that's ever happened to us. That's what I'd be saying. But now I'm in a weird place because 
I stuck my flag in the ground and I just, I don't know if I can stomach placing that bet now. I don't know what to do, Steve. I don't know what to do. You know how you can stomach not making that bet, Mike? There's another our boy, our sure. boy, yeah. B Hop plus 550. That's the bet. That's the that bet. That is the bet. That is, that is, that is too, he doesn't, he should be closer to, I mean, that, that's too high for him. It's too high for Donovan Brazier and it's too high for Bryce Hopple. This race, this race is wide open. It is wide open. And what have we learned? What have we learned from watching Bryce Hopple? When it's an even playing field, he's a winner. He knows how to win races. Okay. Donovan Brazier does not deserve our confidence. He, he, he ruined, he ruined any confidence we would have in him. Okay. This is Bryce Hopple's day. This take that plus 550 and say, thank you very much and take it to the bank. All right. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, wouldn't the smart advice be to sprinkle both? Yeah, but we, 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 I, we can't, we, I can't, we, can't, we did, can't we, it. after, after what went on this podcast last week, and if you haven't listened to our last episode, you got to go listen. But after what went down, I don't think we can, we can justify even putting a dollar on him. Yeah. I just know he's going to shove it right in my face. He's going to win and he's going to look right to the camera and he's going to tell me that I lost all my money. He's going to speak right to my face and it's going to feel terrible. I just know that's what's going to happen, but. I think we just have to. I think we just have to live with that. Um, since, we we're, with that. since we're on 800, 800 meters, uh, Nigel Amos is not on this list, and he had an Instagram post this morning that says, "I have been made aware of an adverse finding in my sample taken the day before the Rabat Diamond League race on the fourth of June, two thousand two. I am currently investigating what may." have caused this positive test and fully cooperating with the uh, relevant authorities to reach a resolution. So Nigel Amos getting popped for drugs days before the, uh, the world championship. So that kind of opens this up a little bit. I'm just he gonna, was a contender. He was a contender. I'm just going to go on the record and say he's innocent. <laughs> Listen, we're willing just I'm just, willing, just to willing, piss some people off. Listen, I'm willing to go to bat for uh for people for for runners wearing a USA singlet, but I don't think I can justify. <laughs> I just don't. I I I can only go to bats. We we only have so many of these, Mike, before people really start hating us. I don't know if we can do this one. I just I wanted to be able to envision the cringe on everyone's face when I said that, you know, even though I can't actually see their face, I wanted to experience what it felt like to assume what their cringe felt like when I said that. Um, so, hey, Steve's staying on 800s. Have, have you looked at the woman's 800 yet? I haven't. I haven't. I, I, I think okay, it don't look, just don't came look, up don't recently, look. right? Okay. Yeah. I, won't, I won't look. I won't. Where, where are you putting Mo? Uh, if it's anywhere below minus 400, we, we're talking, we're talking Ryan Krauser status. Okay. Minus 500. Okay. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to lay some odds on this. I think I'm going to lay some odds. I think she's, I, I think, what do you think? I, I, 
I, the, I'll, so I'll say this, Mike. The her her USA Championship race. It. It it like it's like a double edged sword. It it takes away confidence in her, but at the same time, it gives me confidence in her. The fact that she didn't run it, she didn't win it going away. At, like I, I feel like she should have makes me a little nervous about laying minus 500, but the fact that she made that move at the end, it, and we talked about on our last episode, it's a move that like only like there's probably a handful of people in history that could make that move down the stretch. So it's like one of those things where it's like, it wasn't the dominance I wanted, but it just unbelievable skill and just making it happen at the most important time. Um, yeah, it, it's, but a wise man once told me that if you're not a little nervous making a bet, you shouldn't be making it. It's, it's true. Yeah. I mean, minus 500 is like right on the edge. I think you're right. If it was minus 350, minus 400, minus 500 makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's enough to make you feel uncomfortable, but I, I mean, who's going to beat her? That's the thing. That's the thing about track and field. If you're willing if you're willing to take the risk and you're willing, you're willing to lay some money, there's a handful of races, there's a handful of events out here where you can like make some guaranteed money. We've already talked about how Krause is not worth it. We talked that Sydney McLaughlin's not worth it, but minus 500 for Mo, it kind of teeters on that line where it's like it might be worth the risk. Yeah, like Aji is the third best odds at plus 600. And I just don't see Aji beating Mo. Yeah, I think, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna lay some money to, to, to. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna do it. All right, I'm in, I'm in. Let's do it. Now there, there's, uh, there's a couple other places here where I think laying some odds because we're gonna, you know, we're, we've talked a lot of plus odds here, and I think that there's since we're, we're in this mode of like finding the minus odds where it makes sense. Um, there was a, I had a couple here. Let me just, let me just scroll through here. Um, okay. So the, the women's high jump. So Yaroslava, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last name. Ma Huchik from Ukraine. I think she's she at minus three thirty. I think she's far and away the favorite. So if you're willing to lay some odds, I think that that you know similar to what we're talking about on the men's high, high jump. You know the 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 reigning champ here. Um, experience matters in the high jump. She's in. She has the experience, but she's still on the come up. Um, I think that this is this is this is the day where she kind of asserts herself as the far and away favorite in the sport you know, over the next couple of years. So I think laying minus three thirty in the women's high jump. Um, I never thought I'd talk this much women's high jump in my life, but <laughs> I think that's, I think that's worth, worth the squeeze. Should we talk? Um, should we get to men's 1500? I feel like there's a lot to talk. I about think that's it. the grand finale. Let me just make sure we're not missing anything good here. Um, 
could you could sprinkle uh dendy in the long jump at like whatever he's at plus three thousand or something oh yeah i'm i'm you know it's gonna sprinkle you guy i wish they had i wish they had uh win place show bets that'd be the next that's the next step that this that's that's the next level yeah um because i yeah to to sprinkle some money on him to to uh I don't show. think I don't think there's any value. Do you think there's any value in the the men's four hundred? Nope. I was just looking at that with um, what's his face, Trent's guy there. Uh, before we get to the fifteen, let's talk. Let's talk. Um, let's talk. Um, two hundred. I don't see the two hundred. Do you see the two hundred? Wait, I, it was there this morning. Where'd it I go? Don't see it. It was there. Which shocked me, right? You would think with Lyles in there, you would for sure have the 200. Well, our our boy, uh, Justin Haplin, over at um, um, who we had on the podcast, I think he, he posted an article today giving some odds. So let me, let's see what he had to say. So our boy, Justin Haplin from House of Run podcast, uh, printed, uh, published a, a blog, just kind of listen to some odds. Let's see where he had the 200 at. Um, men's 200. So he has, he has no Lyles minus 120, Knighton even, Curly at plus 450, and then it goes down to 600, uh, plus 1,000. Plus, but, you know, it's pretty much between the three Americans. Um, if, if DraftKings posts at these odds, I'm betting I'm betting Noah Lyles just because I love Noah Lyles. He's one of my favorite runners. But this might be the last time we ever see Arion Knighton at even odds. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm admitting that if if these are the odds we get for 200, I'm 100 percent betting with my heart, not my head. But just know for the savvy gamblers out there, this could be the last time you see Knighton at even odds in his career. So um you know, take that, take that as you will. And, uh, you know, that, that, that is the, that is the smart pick. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a couple of places, right. Where it's like, we need to make that distinction. This is who I am betting on because yeah. this is how I feel. However, the correct bet, right. My best <laughs> yeah. bet is this. And, and I think it's weird to say that where like Lyles wouldn't be the best pick, but I think you're right. I think getting Knighton at even odds is that's pretty good value. That's that's really really good value. That being said, I'm betting on no. Uh, there's no chance I'm not betting. On no, Are you kidding me? You don't want. To, I'm going to be rooting for him, so that's who I'm rooting for. So that's who I'm betting for because I don't want my betting interest and my rooting interest to be conflicted because that's way too confusing for the heart. And can we I talk so about the people that. that that balance out their rooting interests and betting interests? I I, I can't be friends with those people. Like that is, is that is so opposite of every like so opposite of my mindset. I just like I can't be around you. I can't be friends with you. I don't understand it. Like if if why are you trying to balance out your emotions? Give me the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. I want nothing in between. Yeah, you think I'm going to be like Oh man, the Patriots lost in the playoffs. But the good news is, at least I had money against them, so I won a little bit. Yeah. But that money doesn't mean anything to me at that point. All I, can, you know what I mean? Like, 
No, absolutely not. That's that's too much for me to handle. All right, Mike. Oh, well, let's talk. Can we talk? Uh let let's go on. I guess we covered everything. Let's go, let's go men's. Let's go men's fifteen hundred. You you broke up a little bit there. Oh, did I? Let's go men's fifteen hundred. Yeah, I mean and, and I just I just want to say DraftKings 2022. These runners have the right to identify however they want to identify, but they have the men's race listed under 1500 meter women's. Just saying. They they sure do. I'm looking at that same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. And they don't have the women's 1500, which is even weirder. Um yeah, so Steve, these these odds kind of have I haven't I haven't made a decision on where I'm going with this yet. So I know where I'm, I'm probably going. going. I'm probably going Cooper Tier plus thirteen hundred. If I'm being honest, I'm just kidding, Steve. Relax, relax, relax. I know where I'm going, but looking at this, there's a couple injustices on this, on this, uh, on this board. There, there's one in particular that I just don't know how I pass up. No, there, there's I two. Do. I do. There's two that. I mean. Ollie Hoare at plus 2,200? Are you kidding me? He's Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, and listen, like, I, I, it's going to take a lot for him to compete for the win there, but he's, he deserves, like, his odds deserve to be higher than Cooper Tears, or, or lower I mean, than Cooper Tears, rather. And then it's crazy that tiers plus 1300 and horse plus 2200. And then you That's got insane. And then you got Josh Kerr at plus 1007, uh, plus 1700. Like, this is a reigning bronze medalist. What are we like? I'm, I'm sprinkling, I'm sprinkling both those guys. And I'm probably going a little heavy. I'm probably going a little heavier than a sprinkle on Kerr just because he's been there and he knows how to, he, He's proven that he knows how to run these races. He almost walked away with this silver by the by the width of a hair. Um, so I'm sprinkling both those guys, but my instinct tells me to go heavy on Jakob at minus two fifty. That's my instinct. That's my instinct that this is that this is the place where you go heavy, you go heavy, heavy, big money on negative odds, but that was the plan at the last Olympics. Mm -hmm. That was the plan with Timmy, Timothy chariot. Right. So I think that the fifth men's 1500 is probably a place where you can't, you can't play the favorite game. You have to, you have to take a chance on underdogs. So maybe I hold off on betting Jakob and we just I just go Ollie Horn, Josh Kerr for two lottery tickets. Steve, I'm down to sprinkle those lottery tickets because I think if either of them won and I didn't have money on them, I would never ever forgive myself. Right? That's unforgivable. If Ollie Horn wins the plus twenty two hundred and you don't you didn't sprinkle that. So I gotta sprinkle them. I've made up my mind though of what the play is here. And if you if I had to, if you you ask me right now who's gonna win the fifteen hundred, I tell you it's Jakob Ingebrigtsen, and I mean that and I believe that and I feel that. 
But so much of this is about value. And it wasn't that long ago that we were playing the hammer the favorite game with Timothy Chariot. And he's plus 600, plus 600, six to one odds for a guy who like a year ago was a world beater. And we were talking about as like a guy who couldn't be beaten by anybody. And like, I get it. I know that the script is flipped with Jakob, but on any given day, I mean, this guy is a beast. He's a like, I just, I can't sit there and in good faith, look at plus 600 on the board next to Timothy Chariot's name and, and, and not want some of that action. So I'm going to sprinkle Ollie. I'm going to sprinkle Josh, but my real play and the play that I'm giving out, the play that I'm giving the people, the play I'm telling people that you should play is Tim Chariot at plus 600. I think that's insane. No. I think that's insane. No. Chariot won't finish on the podium. I, I think that's it's possible. See, it's possible that he doesn't. Fit. I'm not going to say that's insane. No, it's possible he doesn't. But you're you're better off betting um, Kipsang than you are Chariot. Chariot. I thought I thought about that too. He's getting, he's getting he's getting the the giving him the the third ranking on the uh, on the odds here is is a tip of the cap to the career that he's had to the runner no, he it, once was. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It, it, take every See, this cent. Is, this this, every isn't, this cent. isn't Bernard Lagat. We're not. We're not talking every, about a guy who's like forty years old. He was. He's a year out from being the like unbeatable, no doubt champion at the Olympics. Take every cent that you are going to put on Timothy Chariot and reinvest it in either Ollie Hoare, Josh Kerr, or Abel Kipsang. Do not. Do not fall into the Timothy Chariot trap here. I'm telling you, Mike. Mike, we, we were. I'm doing it. No. I, I've made up my mind. No. I've made up my mind. I'm going to give you the line from National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. Mike, tell you what. Give me half the money you were going to bet. Take you out back. Kick you in the balls. We'll call it a day. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a finite number of people who can actually win this race. There's a ton of people who can compete. There's a ton of people who can be in the mix. There's a finite number of people who can actually win this, who I can, in my mind, realistically see putting on that gold medal. And Timmy Cherry, that's one of them. Steve, would you... Would your mind be blown if you saw Tim Chariot win this race? Like, would you be shocked out of your yes. mind? Yes. I, yes. well, you're crazy. Why are you acting like his career is over? It's not over, but you're you're becoming a victim to seeing Jakob like come to prominence. It's not like uh, Tim Chariot has been terrible. It's been it's been the Jakobic and Britson show, right? It's like that's where all the attention's been, and he's been dominating everybody. But it's not like Tim Chariot's been coming in last in races and like completely falling off a clip the guy's not done he's just getting beat for a while and i you know like i said the guy is a champion he's not very far removed from being world number one dominant and i i'm taking those odds at plus 600 i'm taking them you can't talk me out of it i've already made up my mind i'm texting danny mackey right now what are you texting? Saying, Coach, plus seventeen hundred. 
thumbs up or yeah. thumbs down. <laughs> We're going to get him in trouble. That's why I'm being super non-specific. <laughs> Let's see if he gets back to us. <laughs> like, that's good, right? It's super non-specific text. Just coach, plus 1,700, thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> Should I send it? Oh, absolutely. You should send it. All right. It's sent. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope I hope the rest of these odds comes out because I need the 5K. I need the 10K. I need the men's 200. Um, all right. So that's two for the money. Um, let's go get rich. Um, I think um, if we don't have anything going on during any of this races and like – when let's see when is the 5k and 10k the men's 10k is on saturday what time uh 12 20 that's the local time though so that would be what 3 20 eastern time all right so if we don't have anything going on maybe we can jump on a live and talk about the odds before that goes down so we'll, we'll 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 try to get something out before that and when's the 5k i'm assuming it's on sunday at some time Oh, okay. So that was, sorry, that was the the women's 10K is Saturday at three. And then the men's 10K is Sunday at four. Okay, perfect. And then the 5K. Yeah, that's probably way later, I would assume. Women's 5K, men's 5K. Men's 5K final is oh the next weekend. So the five yeah the 5K is the following weekend. Oh god, I forgot this is going multiple weekends. Yeah, it's like nine days. That sucks. Yeah, they string it. Up. I hate that. I hate that so much. Hold on, hold on. We need to have a rant session. We need to have a rant session. Like, what, what is the sport thinking? Like, you should be able, if you're a diehard fan of the sport, you should be able to fly in for a long weekend for five days max and be able to see every single, every single event or every single final. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, watch the whole track meet, just like they did for USA's where they did it all in, in a long weekend. The fact that they're stringing this out over two weekends is insane yeah i mean i guess you only have so much time available on the track i don't know i have always thought that though right like where they scatter finals out and i get it where you have to have like the 100 and the 200 and the 5k and the 10k give people the opportunity to have time to do both but it would be sweet if like on one day on the final day you just had like every final or like the entire weekend, you just said all finals um, instead of the finals kind of being scattered throughout nine day stretch, which kind of does suck. So what we have, so that, that means we'll get another two for the money episode next week. So if, if there's any positive in this, it's the fact that we'll get to talk more track gambling on next week's episode. So we have that going for us, right? I, I do like that. I do like that. Maybe Trentleton will be back from vacation by then. Can actually uh, talk gambling with us. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. 
Um, hey, before we wrap up the episode, um, we do need to quickly touch on the biggest topic in, in USA track and field that happened this week and probably could have taken a whole episode for us to talk about, but now we're cramming it in at the very end and we're going to talk briefly about it. But Jerry Schumacher, the coach of the Bowerman Track Club of 15 years, formerly the coach of Wisconsin, went to go coach, coach Bowerman Track Club out in Portland, Oregon, been doing it for 15 years very successfully, um, is now taking over as the head coach for the uh, uh, Oregon University track and field program. Um, and so there's a lot of unknowns about this. It's really kind of shaken up the, the, the track and field world. And the reason that this is so crazy is because you take probably the most, the, the highest profile, you could argue the highest profile professional track and field coaching job in the country. And then you bring them over to probably the highest profile track and field program at the college level. And it's looking like he is going to be head of both. He's going to be head of Bowerman and in Oregon track and field. And this is crazy for a lot of reasons. Like I think um, uh, uh, our girl, Elise Cranny was uh, interviewed recently because, you know, when you're talking about coaching Bowerman track and field now, like do the Bowerman athletes have to move to Eugene? Um, Elise Cranny said that she will be moving to Eugene. So it looks like the Bowerman track and field program is going to be forced to move to Eugene. Um, you know, the <laughs> coaching a high profile track and field program, that's a lot of friggin' work. Never mind the coaching, but then the recruiting, the management of the of the team, like these are college kids, like. You know, I, I think they, they're looking for somebody to bring Oregon track and field, uh, prim- like mainly the distance back to prominence, back to where they want the distance program to be at Oregon. Um, and so they bring in a high profile name like Jerry Schumacher, but you can't tell me that he has the time and effort to give to both of these organizations and, and, or at least do it in the right way why wouldn't you bring in somebody that you know can kind of give their all to, to building this program? So, so that's one piece of it. The other piece is like, it's kind of a strange piece. And I think it kind of gives credence to the argument that we were making. And Mike, I bet you didn't think I was going to go here on this, but Shelby Hoolian, the last time a coach was uh, involved with, performance enhancing substances or accused of it or getting you know involved with bands in the nike coaching tree in the nike organization he was not only run from the program run from nike but just kind of blackball from the sport in alberto salazar and we you know we're not here to say whether he should have been that or shouldn't have like that's what we're that's not what i'm talking about right now the fact that nike doesn't really care about the Shelby, uh, the Shelby, um, uh, you know, suspension and accusation that they, there's, there's, you know, no penalty to Jerry Schumacher and they want to give him more. <laughs> they want to give, they want to give him the prize jewel in Oregon. I think kind of speaks to the fact that even Nike thinks that the Shelby Houlihan suspension is bullshit. 
right? I mean, yeah, it, it's hard to compare those two things. It's hard, but, obviously- but 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 you can't tell me that they're that like if if Nike really thought that there was something egregious going on here, you can't tell me that they'd be willing to give over Oregon track and field to. Jerry oh Shipper. yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of to your point though is what I'm saying. Like it's hard to compare them because in one case you have this very weird case for Shelby where there seems to not be a ton of answers and there's skeptics and there's you know yeah Nike and everyone is kind of backing like her story and and pushing that and the other end you have Alberto Salazar who is multiple offender and kind of some shady stuff you know you know what i mean there's more complicated stuff to the alberto so i i think there is something to be said there right it's like nike has never really and the team has never really um felt any kind of penalty from what's going on with shelby which yeah maybe is a uh a a reason to believe that they're fully on board right Right. And yeah, they, they, they're on our side and they, and on Alberto's side, they, 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 there's a lot more stuff going on that they had to take action and they, they couldn't, they couldn't back their guy where in Jerry, they're, they're backing their guy completely. They have no doubt. And like you said, they're handing on even more responsibility. Um, on the other end, Steve, who should be more pissed? Should an Oregon recruit freshman at the university be more pissed or should a Bowerman track club member be more pissed about this or should nobody be pissed? Should everyone be happy? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like who, who has a bigger gripe, I guess, with, with this situation. I have a definitive answer to that. And it is without a doubt in my mind, it has to be the Bowerman track club athletes because I agree. I I kind of thought you were going to go the other way, but I I agree. Because here's the thing. Uh, He's going to be Schumacher is going to be essentially like the figurehead of Oregon track and field. He's going to put a staff in place to, to coach this team. Like you could be a, 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 you could be um, an athlete on Oregon track and field and have very little interaction with, with uh, Jerry Schumacher. He'll essentially be the one organizing it, work with the coaches, like, you know, build the philosophy around training but they're going to have very little interaction, but it's still going to take like a significant portion of your time to like be the figurehead of that organization. Um, the Bowerman track and field athletes have to be pissed about this. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you, you, I mean, the, you went to this, you went to this program to work with a guy like Jerry and, and there's no doubt that you're going to have less of his focus. If he's in charge of Oregon track and field, like there there's, you'd be crazy to think anything else. And, you know, that's the very fact that they're they're You have to move now. Um, like this is supposed to be Nike's premier um, professional track and field or distance track and field program. So I think it I think without a doubt, it has to be the the Bowerman track and field athletes. Yeah, I mean, the college kids. In a lot of ways, must be excited, right? It's like, yeah that's another recruiting chip it's like oh you get to run for jerry who's beloved and proven as a coach and on the other end too like steve how many of the bowerman track club guys because you know we're uh 
as some of the reviews would say, we uh, we're just like every other podcast who, uh, um, you know, bows down to to Bowerman Track Club. That's us, you know. Uh, but the Bowerman Track Club folks that we've had on, they all rave about Jerry, right? Like yeah. every interview Everybody we does. had, whether whether we guy. asked, uh, for yeah, whether guy. sorry, whether we asked about him or not, every interview he came up like they adore and admire and have the most utmost respect for Jerry. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, if this is what Jerry wants to do, then they'll go along with it because of the respect they have. But I think you're right. Like, I think this is their job. This is their profession. And a lot of them have like gone out of their way. You think about someone like Sinclair, like she went out of her way to make sure that she ended up on this team, right? Like she ran out of task for Nike for whatever it was like a year. She wanted to be part of this team. She wanted to run under Jerry. And like, I think a lot of people feel that way. And you have to feel like that individual attention and the focus on your career, like literally the all the sacrifices made, yeah, it, you must feel like that is going to have an impact on your life, right? Like, how could you not, how could you not feel like the, uh, you're not the priority in that, in that sense. And before we get tweets and DMS, yes, we know Mike was just using that as an example. We know Sinclair is part of union track club. She's no longer part of Bowerman. She left because uh, of, Oh uh, yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. You, you know what I meant? Yeah. I get what you're saying. So uh, we'll kick it off. I'm sure more information is going to come out about this. Maybe we can have more discussions on this in in future podcasts, but we'll kind of leave it at that for now. But um, episodes getting kind of long. So let's, let's wrap it up. Um, Let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got people on the bell app? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's uh, I got to do my due diligence here and talk baseball. Um one of these days we should do like some kind of weird gimmicky like all-star all-star uh draft or i, I don't know something like that because the all-star weekend's coming up but more importantly what i want to bring up is we have to talk red Sox, and we have to talk steve the al east right now every single team in the al east is a is at 500 or above Un- unbelievable baseball season we're seeing here and you're going to see four teams from the AL East be in the playoffs uh so if you're not if you're not locked in right now on the Red Sox if you're not locked in on the AL East forget about the Yankees forget about the division I'm not worried about the division I'm just worried about getting in the playoffs and getting in the playoffs right now goes through the AL East which is nuts even the Orioles who were supposed to be like the worst team in the world they are above 500 in the most difficult uh conference in all of baseball so uh, it's just an exciting time it's exciting time to be a baseball fan it's exciting time to be a red sox fan and chris sales back chris sales back in a big way baby but they lost the game so that sucks um i'll i'll end my bell lap by saying uh just the the two crew summer singlets are in the mail um by the end of this week you, you if you order one you should have one soon thank you to everybody that bought one that was kind of just like a quick little drop they came out awesome so uh uh, send us your pictures when you get them. You wearing them? You running in them? So thank you everybody that, that bought one. We have a we have we have a couple 
really big months coming up for uh, Whereabouts Failure Podcast slash Peak Too Early Podcast. We are we have some big, big, big announcements coming over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Some very, very big announcements. We got some some things in the works that we've been thinking about and working on for a really long time, and we're excited to launch them. So things are just getting rolling over here. Um, yeah, let's let's go make some money on track and field. Let's let's go get rich off this uh, the sport that the the odds makers haven't caught up to yet. So let let's do that. Let's make some money. Um, other than that, the athletic integrity unit is at my door, and I gotta go get a burrito. Mike, hit me with the Joes. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love tonight. I ain't got many friends left to talk to. Cry up